today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You need to quiet down and turn down the volume of your life so you can hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is not going to compete with all the voices clamoring for our attention. And there are many voices clamoring for our attention. That's how He speaks. He's always speaking. But are we listening? Are there other things drowning Him out? Are there other things competing for our attention? Are there other things that have our ear, as we say? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Varag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. It's easy in today's world to get overwhelmed by decisions and outside stimuli that make it hard to quiet your mind and listen for the still small voice of the Holy Spirit within you. Today, Pastor J.D. says that if you've accepted the gift of salvation, you have access to a counselor and guide at all times. What are you waiting for? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 25 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Chapter 25, verse 1. Now, real quick preface here. As I'm sure you know by now, the book of Jeremiah is not in chronological order. It's ordered by way of the lessons to be learned from the passages of Scripture that we have. This is why I believe it is that we have a chapter 25 package with a chapter. And by the way, uh, the chapter breaks were not in the original manuscripts. You know that, right? So the chapters and verses were added later. Thank God they were. Could you imagine? Go, go into Jeremiah the 7,428th word. We'll start there in that sentence. (laughs) No chapter reference, no verse. So I thank God for the chapter. But the chapters and verses are not inspired is what I'm trying to say. So it's organized that way and it's very helpful obviously. And I think God allowed it and ordained it actually. But the point is, is that this was written in this order, not chronological order, but it was written in the order as to what God was doing with His people. That's why we have these two chapters together like this. So verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, good king by the way, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which verse to Jeremiah, the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying from the 13th year, a lot of detail here and for a reason, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, this is the 23rd year in which the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, but you have not listened. Hang on to you have not listened for just a moment. Did you listen? (laughs) Hang on to you have not listened. Okay, 23 years, Jeremiah, no way, way. Oh, I'm so glad that God inspired 
Jeremiah to record the number of years, and here's why. He's been faithfully, faithfully for 23 years. Here's the thing, he's halfway there. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's believed that from front to finish, Jeremiah's ministry, unpopular ministry by the way, was some 40 plus years. So here he is, half time, <laughs> 23 years. He's been faithful to preach the Word, in season, out of season, regardless of the response, or no response, or bad response that he got. And here's the thing, he would go on for another 20 plus years and remain faithful to the end. Here's my point, and yes I have a point, believe it or not. The only thing that's going to matter when it's all said and done for you and for me is were we faithful, faithful to what God called us to do. I find it interesting that when we hear those words we long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Aren't you glad? It's not well done, good and fruitful servant. Well, Jeremiah's out. Uh, he's got really nothing to show for it. Jeremiah, how many people did you bring to the Lord? Um, none. Okay, out. You're out. Sorry. You tried. Got to hand it to you. But we're only commending and rewarding good and fruitful servants? Or how about this one? Well done, good and productive servant. What did you produce? Um, uh, death threats, uh, imprisonment. Uh, I shouldn't be talking about persecution on Sunday morning in First Peter. One more on this one, and I don't mean to uh, take this uh, too far, but aren't you really glad it doesn't say, well done, good and popular servant? Oh, that's it. That, I'm, I'm way done. I'm way, popular? Wait, I, I popular? Jeremiah? <laughs> I don't think so. Now, if it were well done, good, and unpopular servant, now we can talk. No, well done, good, and faithful servant. You remained faithful. You kept your hands to the plow. You never looked back. You're not worthy if you look back. No, you picked up your cross. You counted the cost. You died to yourself, and you followed me no matter what. And you lost everything, but you gained everything because of it. You lost nothing. You lose your life, you keep it. You try to keep your life, you lose it. I, I, I love, and again, I, I, I know it, it 
it's not so much what you say, it's how you say what you say, but please don't think this is morbid, but um, dead men don't flinch. You ever heard that? When you've already died to yourself, if, if you're really, de- you can't, you can't hurt me, I'm already dead. Not that it doesn't mean you don't have feelings. I mean, certainly we get hurt. Jeremiah was very hurt. And we, we've see, we see it very, <laughs> I forget what chapter it was. Remember those two meltdowns he had in one chapter? I mean, in one verse he's like, who is like unto you, O Lord? Next verse, cursed be the day I was born. What? No, he, he was so down. He, he just, he didn't, he wished he was never born. In fact, he even says, a curse be on the guy that delivered the news to my mom that she was pregnant with me. That's pretty low. I mean, he was so hurt and so grieved and so full of sorrow, sorrowful. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is when you're dead to yourself, dead men don't flinch. I've already died. I've already died to myself. I'm living in Christ. I'm living for Christ. And that changes everything. And that was Jeremiah. That's, if I can say it this way, for lack of a better way of saying it, that's the key to faithfulness. Because if you think about it, if you're that sensitive to what people think about you, you're going to kind of tone it down, pull it back, soften it up. You know, just chill a little bit here. No, you got to be faithful. Yeah, but they're going to unfriend me on social media or make YouTube videos just blasting me. Okay. Is that a little bit too personal? Anyway, whatever. So, but wait a minute, if, if, you're, if you've already died to yourself, you know, what, what do you expect? You've already counted the cost. Just remain faithful. See, if, if that's going to move you, then you're not going to be faithful anymore. Not Jeremiah. He was faithful 23 years at this juncture, and he's only halfway there. Okay, I'm done with that one. Actually, there's more, but I won't. I won't. Verse 4, And the Lord has sent to you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them. But here it is again, you have not listened, nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, verse 5, repent now everyone of his evil way and his evil doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers forever and ever. Do not, verse 6, go after other gods to serve them and worship them, and do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hands, and I will not harm you. Yet, verse 7, here it is again, you have not listened to me, says the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. Some suggest that the works of their hands is a reference to the idolatry, the image that they would make with their hands. 
that provoked God to anger. Therefore, verse 8, thus says the Lord of hosts, here it is again, because you have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon, my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon's servant? Yeah, he's going to serve God's purpose for a season. And I will bring him against this land, against its inhabitants, and against these nations all around, and will utterly destroy them, and make them an astonishment, a hissing, and perpetual desolations. Wow. So all because they did not have ears to hear. Oh no, they they heard, but they didn't listen. You know the difference, right? No. Okay. Uh, Okay. Well, let's give this a try. You're hearing me right now, right? I mean, how can you not? (laughs) especially when I yell, you're you're hearing me loud and clear. Thank you very much. But that's not synonymous with listening. Did you get it? Okay, you're hearing me, but are you listening? Are you really listening? Because, see, I'll hear it, but I'm not really listening to it. Growing up, talking about disciplining and your parents who love you very much. My mom loved me very much, (laughs) too much. And when she would get upset with me, she would yell at me with that high-pitched voice. She was a singer and soprano, and, and she had a thick accent. And she would yell my name, my given name, not JD, which is a legal name, but my given name, Wahid. And she would say, Wahid, She would hit a certain octave and key, and that was it. I didn't hear anything else after that. Oh, she's still still yelling at me, and talking to me, and speaking to me, loud and clear. But I wasn't listening. I just tuned her out. All I heard was, that's it. I didn't listen. Come on. We do that with the Lord, right? We, we were hearing it. See, the question is never, is God speaking? Oh, He's always speaking. He's always speaking to us. That's not the question. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? And, and here's the thing. <laughs> uh, I, I, I actually had the privilege of telling my teacher, Mr. Bowman, in high school, who, that he was the object of many sermon illustrations. Um, but he had this really kind of a monotone, you know, a monotone voice. A lot of, a lot of people, it's just one, you know, level. Boy, can you imagine if I had that? <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, just he, he just spoke in a very soft, monotone, like this. Just, okay, class, now's the time that we're going to settle down and open up our books and Hey, I can't hear you. Speak up. This is how I talk. You want to hear what I have to say and listen to what I have to say? 
You need to quiet down and turn down the volume of your life so you can hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is not going to compete with all the voices clamoring for our attention. And there are many voices clamoring for our attention. That's how He speaks. He's always speaking. But are we listening? Are there other things drowning Him out? Are there other things competing for our attention? Are there other things that have our ear, as we say, that we listen to, and we can't hear the Lord and listen to the Lord? Because the Lord is going to speak to us in that still, small, in the original it carries with it, the idea of refining voice. And you know that voice. You know it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And it's during those times when the Holy Spirit will just speak in that still small voice and say, no, (laughs) don't. That's the Holy Spirit indwelling you, speaking to you, trying to protect you from you, doing that because God loves you. Listen. Listen, take heed, take heed. When the Lord speaks to you, listen to what He's saying to you, and take heed to the Word of the Lord. Verse 10, Moreover, I will take from them the voice of the mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the lamp, Wow. No, please don't. Every single one of these, there's a common denominator, and it's joy and gladness. And don't we take them for granted? Wait, there's not going to be any voice of gladness, no laughter? It's all gone? No, I want to hear laughter. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride celebratory, rejoicing, that's all gone too, yeah. The voice of mirth, and that's all gone, yeah, gone. The birds singing, yeah, gone. Well, the minor birds, that's fine, but not, not, okay. I went there. I've already shared that. I won't go back to that, but I just, yeah. We, we take them for granted, right? When we first moved here, and of course my wife back home to Kailua as a Kailua girl, I remember sitting with my wife, we're there in the family room of our house that we were renting at the time, and and I'm looking out the window, and the, of course the jealousy windows, they're open, and I'm hearing the, the doves, you know, oh, it was so, so, oh. I remember telling my wife, I hope I never get so used to that sound that I take it for granted and don't hear it anymore. Sure enough. What happened? There came a time where, oh, they're still cooing and singing and praising their Creator. Not the minor birds, <laughs> but, they're, 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 but I, I just took it for granted. You know how it is? You don't, you don't hear that anymore. Remember one time we're driving back to the windward side from town, and you know that breathtaking view as soon as you come out of the tunnel? Oh, sunny day, haw, just haw. (laughs) And I remember telling my wife, I said, I hope I never lose 
the appreciation for the beauty of the islands. Sure enough, it's not long. You're coming through that tunnel. Come on, why are you driving so slow? All gone. Verse 11, are you depressed yet? (laughs) You will be by the time we get done. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Notice the specificity. Then it will come to pass, verse 12, when seventy years are completed, that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans. This is modern day Iraq, by the way. Ancient Babylon and the Chaldeans are what we know today as modern day Iraq. For their iniquity, says the Lord, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. So, verse 13, I will bring on that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, all that is written in this book, which Jeremiah has prophesied concerning all the nations. I know you turned off his prophecy update, but he still prophesied. Okay, never mind. Verse 14, just want to make sure you're still with me. Parenthetically, verse 14, many nations and great kings shall be served by them also, and I will repay them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands. For thus says the Lord God of Israel to me, verse 15, take this wine cup of fury from my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send you to drink it. And verse 16, they will drink and stagger and go mad because of the sword that I will send among them. Uh, That's very interesting because it would seem to imply that whatever is in this cup is so poisonous and venomous as to have this kind of a neurological effect. It's not intoxicating, it's poisoning. And (laughs) they will drink and stagger and go mad. And I'm going to make them drink of this cup. We're going to see that here more in a moment. Now, there's something here, and it's not so easily seen at first read. We're going to see this again when we get to 1 Peter chapter 4. Verses 17 and 18 in 1 Peter chapter 4 basically go like this. The judgment of God begins in the house of the Lord. Judgment must begin in the house of God. But it doesn't end there. Why? Because these are God's people. So they're going to be judged first, then all the nations will be judged. But it begins in the house of God, the house of God, the people of God, the judgment of God. Verse 17, then I took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations drink to whom the Lord had sent me. How's that for a calling? That's what God called Jeremiah to do, and he was faithful. Jeremiah, here's here's your ministry, the first church of the cup of wrath. Wow, thank you so much, Lord. That's yay. (laughs) 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to this study in the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard in this edition. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like the one you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth.